1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest are four points clear of the Premier League relegation zone after their 2-2 draw with Everton yesterday. Might have been more, might have been less. There's certainly a lot to unpack. And joining me through that, first of all, is former Reds midfielder Lewis McGugan. Lewis, good morning. you well? Morning, yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good, good to have you with us. And second guest today is Michael Temps. Temps, how are you doing? All good, mate. Good. Lots to get into, as I was saying, just before we started recording, plenty to unpack. Lewis, we'll start with you, having watched the whole game. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche question, but a point gain, two points dropped. What did you make of it?
0: Um, I think I think you always look at it. It's another point closer to, to safety. And I think that you can't get away from from that but i think in the terms of everton at home to to probably win which would really put you in a good position i think it there is a there is a kind of a, a feel that is two points two points drop but like i said i, I don't think you can can take away that a point is a point and it's a it's a point closer to to
1: safety yeah i think Thames 20 minutes ago or whenever it was, Brennan actually scored. I'd have certainly taken a point. But then as I sit here now, I kind of think, oh, it might have been more Forrest gifted Everton, the goals. What were your emotions?
2: Yeah, that was our spell, wasn't it? I think if if the game was 20 minutes longer, we'd have had more chance of, of coming out on the right side. But having gone down twice, we had to dig deep, show some resilience and... Brennan was cool in those, those key moments. I, I know we'll get on to talking about him, but what, what an impressive performance. And, you know, Lewis has been involved in those moments himself. And I think we have every reason to be really excited about what a 21-year-old homegrown lad is doing for our team. Because whilst there were other notable performances yesterday, those, those two moments from him were of true Premier League quality. And, yeah, he... He manufactured that result for us. It's a better point for us than them. And I'll agree with what Lewis said, point closer to safety.
1: Let's talk more about Brennan then. Uh, I went through Steve Cooper's press conference this morning and took a couple of clips from it that I'm going to play in now. Well, the first one's on Brennan, then I'll get Lewis's take just after that. So here we go. He
3: is, he is isn't he? You know, and, and I don't mind talking about it because I see him every day and he only wants to get better, so he won't get too high or too low. Um, but um, goals were great. Um, performance was good, very good. You know he's getting players and people getting booked tackling him and things like that, which means he's you know he's he's taking risks. You know, there's
1: a bit more that it goes on. It basically makes the same point. Um, what did you make of him, Lewis, in general? Yeah, I think he's the difference
0: uh, right now. He is he is literally carrying the team. I think along with Gibbs White, which I think them two really have. Uh, I think the biggest thing is they're playing with confidence. You can see the confidence that they feel that they can affect games and as a as a footballer when you're going into games feel that you have a you can have a real real stamp on it and that you're in a confident mood it it it
1: makes so much difference did you have spells in your career then where you know you went on the pitch thinking I'm going to score today
0: yeah i i always recall back to the season i think i scored 14 uh 14 from midfield in the championship the season where i scored quite a few of the long range i, I went for a stage where i thought that every time i got 25 yards out from goal and i, I, and I was going to shoot it was going to go in and little things happen i remember i had a goal at watford away which 20 yards out 25 yards out hit went straight in the top corner i had a, had a goal at coventry away which always a funny story I was playing from the left-hand side. We had Paul Konchesky on loan, who was playing behind me at fullback, and he'd gone on an overlap, and I was probably thirty yards plus out, and I had a shot, and there was no way I should have had a shot, but it's 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 kind of gone through Kieran Westwood and gone in, and that's the moment. Then you you go through them spells where you just feel like everything goes for you, everything you hit has a good contact, and even when you don't get the right contact, it you know what I mean it always finds its finds itself into the net. So I think he's at that. He's in that moment. He's in the right place at the right time for the first goal. But I think the second goal is just pure individual brilliance, really, and it's a great finish. I think, and I think that, in terms of the what's happened in the the game and and the kind of the meaning of it, I think the the finish is quite going unnoticed, really, because on his weak foot, you know, I mean, he's put that in, put that in the top corner. Pickford's
1: had no chance. The thing that interests me about Brennan Temps at the moment is that run inside that he's doing now where he's beating the the fullback and he's taking on the centre-half or drawing him towards him to fire a cross in. And he's showing that kind of confidence that I don't think we quite saw at the start of the season, understandably, when he's settling into the league.
2: He's got so many weapons. I mean, I'm not surprised by what he's doing because we've seen him do it last season in the Championship, the year before that in League One. What I'm surprised by is how easy he's taking that step up and making himself at home. Chris Hooten. Didn't think he was ready to be in that championship side. Forest fans, probably some of us included at the start of the year, were unsure if he'd be able to do it when he come up, come up against better opposition. He had a tough time, didn't he, against Newcastle day, against day uh, against Shaw. Now, all of a sudden, seems confident, wants the ball. And he's got two tricks. It's not just gas. He's not going outside every time. You made the point, Matt. He's trying to get between defenders and almost invite them to, to foul him. But the skill levels... And the feat and the anticipation that we saw yesterday was really exciting to watch. And just just to break down that first goal, he set off anticipating that, that rebound, just as Morgan Gibbs-White has, has played the wall pass into Chris Wood, got it back, had the shot. He's reacted a couple of seconds before anybody else. He's had this anticipation of what's going to happen and he's finished. Um, it was a similar finish, wasn't it, when he um, he scored against Everton at, at their places as well. So he, he's haunted them this season. And the second goal, just to to play that, that past the Yatesy, but then hold your position, have the confidence to open your body and and find you know top bins with his left peg. I'm I'm really excited by what he could become, but also as Lewis says, what he is now, contributing goals, running at defenders, creating. Uh, I, that was a, that was one of the best performances we've seen from any Forest player this year. The criticism that's often leveled for him—he's not in the game enough. It doesn't matter if he's going to have that level of production when he finds the ball.
1: I think Temps was saying before we started, Lewis, about twenty-one-year-olds uh, at what level they were at. So he was talking about like Mo Salah as a twenty-one-year-old wasn't doing this. Uh, and I'm sure there's plenty of other examples. And I was saying I would put him kind of not in the level of Bakayo Saka or Martin Elliott Arsenal as those other 21 year old type players in the Premier League. But for what he's doing at this age, uh, it's very impressive. And it feels like you know, there's going to be a a real top class player there if he continues his progression for the next two or three years.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I think I, I think the main thing is that he's he's playing football week in week out. He's playing for his hometown club and he's enjoying his football. And I think that them ingredients Go a long way. Uh, I think the in terms of looking at the other players, in terms of Saka and Martinelli, I think that they're at, they're at football clubs also who are at the top end, but their majority of the games they play, they're on top. it is a different if it's a different aspect sometimes that you're playing for different kind of teams and, and and different levels. He's doing it in a team that is really throughout on the on the bigger picture struggling in games, but he's still finding individual moments uh, in that.
1: Just breaking down, we'll come on to Everton's goals, but while we're on Forest goals, Lewis, the first goal, people are critical of Chris, Chris Wood, but he played a good part in it. Obviously, uh, Morgan did well. Uh, a goal to to like for you? Yeah, I think that you, like I say you look in that
0: game, uh, that period, I think that before that, uh, Forest kind of got a bit going after the goal, but it's a little bit of, again, a little bit of bright play by Gibbs-White. He comes off Michael Keane and and then plays when he plays them past. Sometimes you have strikers that sometimes want to do it themselves or want to take it the extra touch. And he, at that point in time, Chris Wood, he, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly where the best option was. And they're the stuff that you're doing training day in, day out. And to and it's a simple goal. When you look at the, the build up play of it between Gibbs, White and Wood, it's very simple. It's a one, two. Everton have not matched the runner and like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a great strike and and Johnson's there to uh, to tap it in.
1: By contrast, temps, the way Forest started the game was terrible. And it's probably five games in a row they've started slowly, although Man City was a different kettle of fish, you're not gonna get much of the ball. I appreciate that. But in the other games, they've been on the back foot from the start. I think one of my gripes is midfield, and we'll come on to that, but was that a big problem in that they would they were just slow out of the blocks again, weren't they?
2: I felt Everton controlled the midfield um, early phases of the the game. Um, we spoke in the week, didn't we, about how Forrest would look to counter that. They kept faith with the same midfield three. I don't think the blend was quite right, and we we didn't get a foothold in the game early on. They then capitalise, um, sc- uh, score the goal from the from the penalty spot, which was with the momentum of the of the match at that stage. And at, at that point, I, I thought um, we were in for a long afternoon because we we just weren't having possession in the right areas. Um, we were conceding too much territory to to them, and they looked expressive. And we we let a team who weren't confident coming into the game settle into it, find their feet, have some ball, uh, work through the work through the phases. So so no, we didn't make the best of starts. And, you know, later on, I'll, I'll credit some of the things we changed to, to get us back into the to the game. But you, you're absolutely right. I think we allowed them to do far too much in the opening exchanges and they capitalised on that. So,
1: obviously, we've got a former midfielder on the show. We have to get his take on the Forest midfield and the balance of it. Does it, it need to be different, Lewis? Or am I wrong to be critical of the, not the individual players, but the balance of the three? Yeah, I've...
0: To be honest, I thought, especially first off, I, that's where they really struggled. And that's that that's why they were struggling in the game. They couldn't get they couldn't get a hold of that midfield. I think Everton dominated that. I think you've got the strong running of Dick Corey. Uh, with their Awobi. Uh, McNeil was coming in off the left and kind of having a little bit of a free roll. And I think at that point in time, they just they just really struggled to get a grip of it. And sometimes that happens, sometimes that happens. They're kind of they haven't really played together a lot. Uh, you look at Colback coming back in, which I don't think he'll let anyone down. I think you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. John Joe is is John Joe. John Joe will always be the same. He he will get on the ball as much as possible. He will constantly try and unlock defenses and always play that forward pass. And I think sometimes you have to try and get that blend. But at but at times for me as well, it just looked a bit as a midfield three, they were spread they they looked so spread out. There was times where John Joe was kind of playing just in front of Aurier which leads Thoreau on his own, callbacks kind of And it's just that they dominated that that midfield in that in that first half. And I think that was a big thing at half time that they needed to get a grip with that and maybe just not be as expansive in terms of playing in their, their own game and, and actually playing as a free.
2: Yeah, I'll just, just pile in off the back of that. I think at home against lower opposition, you can take more risk with the, the blend that you put in there. That was a conservative selection. Okay, Yatesy will come back into this side now. He'll he'll displace Colback, but I I think there there could be um, other changes as well. And I I just you know we 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 called it before the game, Matt. We wanted to see more risks taken at that point to get some more ability on the ball at the expense of a you know a bit a bit of uh, defensive awareness, a bit of bit of defensive positioning. And I'll, I'll mention I'll mention Freuler because he has done a good job for the team in a lot of games. His passing was. Not pause the wrong word, his passing was too simple. There was a lot of easy option back to the centre half to the fullback, change the point of attack off we go, took a lot of um pace out of the game. Our mission has to be to get Morgan Gibbs White on the ball in, in that pocket of space that that, that Lewis used, used to like. We weren't able to do that. It frustrated Shelby as well because to get on the ball, he was having to come back and take it off the fullback, take it off Joe Worrell. The plan, the plan that, to get the best out of John Joe Shelby, who has by far the best range of passing of any of those midfielders, is to get him on the ball 20, 30 yards further up the pitch. He found himself picking it up in his own half, having to distribute. The ball over the top for Johnson was tried several times, didn't always work, and we see him as wasteful. He was frustrated because we weren't delivering him the ball. Second half, slight change. Shelby plays in a more advanced position. It's Freuler picking the ball up off the back four, but he was struggling to find Shelby. I could see what Cooper changed there and why he did it. And there's been a few critics of Shelby's performance. He's a player. He can improve the team. He can bring Brennan and Gibbs White into it more. But we have to get him on the ball in more advanced positions. And to do that, Froiler has to become more adept at finding him or his plays could come under threat because Yates is a banker to come back into this side. And we all saw for 20 minutes there. Why? Freuler away from home, has a role to play against more tough opposition, has a role to play in that defensive um, solidity, that shape, that being there, that not wondering. I want to see us take more risks on the ball against lower opposition because I think that was one of our key failings yesterday.
1: What do you think about that, Lewis? Because I had my say on Freuler last week um, in that I think he's a solid Premier League player, but I feel like he's been slightly underwhelming. We'll come on to the second goal and his part in it. But just in general, that midfield balance and what Temp said there, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think I think it still needs it still needs tweaking. I don't I don't think it's quite right. Uh, but I think that Yates is a is a is a big part of that. And the biggest the biggest reason why that is just his energy. When you when you play with someone or have someone aside you with that energy, I I, I kind of go back to when I played with Chris Cohen. Chris Cohen was kind of a, is that the same. It's it's the energy that they have around you, which you can afford. Then the types of John Joe Shelby. He can then go and get the ball. He can then go and do what he's good at. And you have that, some. So I think that they have just got to try and get the balance. Why I don't think I don't think it worked yesterday. Like I said before, with uh, with Kovac, I don't think he'll let you down. I think he'll give you exactly what he gave you yesterday, and that's just an honest performance and and a tidy performance. I think that Shelby has that difference now, where to really now implement is is kind of side on is role on on the side, but I think he needs the right people around him to uh, to get the best out of him.
1: And Yates' attempts, I mean, that was a difficult scenario to come into. You've been out for four or five weeks with, with illness. It's a fast game. It's an ill-tempered game. And he, he hit the ground running. I mean, he got a, a very neat assist. There was that bit where he swept up behind warhol after Awobi had got in. But there was a lot more than that. It was a, a very impactful performance, and that's to his credit, isn't it?
2: Yeah, look, I think we're all delighted to see him back. He's had, had a health problem, obviously. Um, but Yates' fitness is a, is a given. Um, we, we spoke pre-season about what he was doing before breakfast on holiday, running those 10Ks in decent times to make sure that he was ready to go. There's never going to be any risk that Ryan Yates is not prepared to, to play a game of football. As the season's progressed, he's become um, a far better user of the ball and that was a sharp footballer that had the the sense to return it see Brennan's position and, and find him he made an impact with with 20 minutes there he's going to get far more minutes as the season continues Cooper clearly wants him in his um, 11 as, as quickly as the the physio allows him to be I just think he's grown into his role so much and we're going to be a, a far better team for having Ryan Yates on the on the pitch um, One of the most fouled players in the Premier League, by the way, I think Yates is sitting in the top ten of most fouled players in the Premier League because he he gets himself into into um, tussles that you know I personally would rather stay out of. But we're we're gonna we're gonna improve from having him back, as we saw with that twenty minute cameo yesterday. Just one
1: more thing for you, Temps, before we go on to the goals. You mentioned about Freud's place being under threat. Mm. To what degree do you think it would be? Because they've got Scarpa. We'll come on to Danilo and Scarpa, but Mangalo is probably the next cab off the rank as well. He might be thinking, well, I could do a better job here. Is that fair, do you think?
2: Yeah, look, I'm re- I'm respectful of what Freuler does with- without the ball. And we we spoke in praise of him against Man City because of the structure that, that he bought. What we don't want to see is midfielders, central midfielders taking the easy option, turning around, passing to the centre-half, passing to the fullback. We have to find a way to get it forward. So the, the conundrum in, in Cooper's mind is obviously that. Shall I bring in a more expansive passer at the expense of this shape, leadership, defensive organisation? It's not clean cut. I'm not buying into any of these comments saying player X is terrible, player Y is terrible. That's that's not the case. It's always a trade-off. So taking Freuler out or changing his role within the team will will, will always weaken some elements of our overall play and strength and others, I just think we've said far too many times against lesser opposition that his style of, of possession is not quite what we need. Now, look, that's not to write off all the things that I've mentioned that, it, that he does. I just think there's going to come a, come a time, and maybe yesterday was that time where you throw the dice a little bit and you take a risk in search of three points because that's how we're going to stay up. We're, we're, we're going to stay up through maintaining this home form. Nine games unbeaten, right? Incredible. We're going to have to get a few points on the way at some stage. If we're going to get to 40, we might get lucky if high 30s are are enough. But we we do have to take more risk in certain games. I think he's a conservative selection. We will make conservative selections in several games. But when we have an opportunity to impose ourselves on the opposition by taking more risk in the manner in which we, we, we phase our attacks we should do that and in that circumstance his place comes under threat particularly if Yatesy can give us that defensive structure and so much more.
1: Mm. I wonder if the fact he took a risk at West Ham and it blew up in his face with IU coming on factored into that maybe a little bit I'm not not sure. Um, the first goal Lewis for, for Everton it's not just the tackle I suppose it, should, it looks a bit flat for you but Forest could have cleared that before couldn't they as well?
0: Yeah, they had a they had a, they had a few kind of little just before that. After where in the box, they've not really they've not really cleared the first header. It's dropped. There's a there's been a little bit of a little scuffle, and it's kind of broke. And they've eventually so they they got caught out really. But it it kind of happened a couple of times before that. But it didn't really it didn't really fall to an Everton player. I, I think the penalty. I think if it's given against you, you always think it's soft. Uh, but it's it, if you dangle. I think McNeil was looking for it. Uh, I think when he got into that city, he was looking for it. And at that time, like I said, you think it's soft, but on on the flip side, if it was given for you, you'd you, you'd understand.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought it was a penalty, but I agree he was looking for it. The second goal. Now, if you're left for Dynamo boys, conceded that goal, I think you'd be throwing plates in the change room at half time wouldn't you? What what was your take on it in terms of centre R's being out jumps, Freuler not not tracking his runner? It wasn't great, was it?
0: Yeah, I think I think I think the biggest thing is in terms of the first contact, which is which is Joe and Michael Keane. I think that happens. Yeah, okay, he's one header, but that that first contact, the the two big centre R's go and tell it that he's not going to win every header. It's the, the 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 biggest thing and the most important thing what you try and tell people it's always the second ball. It's always the one after. That's the one where you need to make sure the first contact, It's it, it, it could go either way. The problem is that players, including myself at times, you look and you, you look at that first contact and you sometimes just switch off. And that split second, you just can't get back, especially at that at that top level. You just can't get back that little bit. The Corey got in front of him and there was no way he was going to get the other side and and that, and that's it. And, and then small details and the higher you go up, uh, which i tell which I tell my player the higher you go up that is the big it's the small details everyone think it's the it's the big expansive better players and granted they are better players but the, the nine times out of ten you'll get done and lose games off the off the small details
1: mm-hmm. so it's probably mostly for you then just not tracking the runner Decore going beyond him,
0: yeah I think like I said I think the first contact
1: yeah oh you
0: you want you want Joe to win that but <laughs> It, it, it's, it's 50-50. That happens. That, that's always going to happen. And there was probably times in the game where he's lost the first header again, but you you don't think about it because the second ball is 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 is, is won by a Forest player. So I think the biggest thing is is that the second ball, he lost his runner that split second. And, and once a player gets in front of you, especially in the
2: 18-yard box, you're you you you're in trouble.
1: Uh, anything to say on that goal before we go on to the ref temps? Anything you want to add?
2: It's hard to disagree with any of that. I think for the penalty, Colbach had a chance to clear it and didn't. And Shelby was was on his heels, wasn't he? He, he didn't anticipate or, or get there quickly enough. It, it is a penalty. You know, the VAR would have looked at it. It, it, it is a penalty. There's, there's no two ways about it. That one was self-inflicted. Sean you she's sitting there watching that second goal thinking, yes, boys, that, that's how we train. That's how we prep. Win the first ball, win the second ball. Big lad runs through easy finish. We've got to be more dominant in the air, as, as, as Lewis said. Um, yeah, it was. There were, there were several opportunities to prevent both of those goals and we didn't. That'll be the analysis. We'll learn from it. We'll crack on.
1: So, Steve Cooper was very critical of referee John Brooks, including for that goal. And we'll come on to that, but I'm just going to play the clip of what he said and we'll so I, don't, I wasn't going to talk too much about the ref, but it was really interesting to me that Steve Cooper, in his press conference, mentioned him, I think it was three times, and only one of them, I think, was solicited. So I'll just play this clip. Here we go.
3: I'm disappointed with the ref, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me into trouble, but too much impact on the game. And 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 because of the performance, it, it um, there were some defining moments. The, the key ones for me was the decision that ended up, the ball going to the box on... On the second goal, which yeah we should do better with, but the ball shouldn't have gone in then in the first place because it was a foul the other way first to Morgan. And and when Tarkovsky gets booked on Lodi, which was fine, yellow card, no problem. But he's blown up and Brennan's in a one v one. That cannot happen at this level. That cannot happen at this level. So um so it's not good for, for him either the ref, because he's obviously going to be really gutted with that and um probably you know will be looked at the hope. Um, by the people responsible. Um, and a pity, really. It's a pity that, you know, there's things like that, that that are affecting games.
1: So you've been in the dugout, Lewis, and obviously been on the pitch as, as well. Do you have sympathy with what Steve Cooper's saying there around the ref in general and those incidents? Uh in,
0: in terms of, I didn't quite understand the big severity of his, his really bad performance. I, there's little things that could have gone... Uh, Nottingham Forest the way. I, th- I, th- I think that the Gibbs his his comment about Gibbs White just before he did get pulled, and on another day you get that, and then, and it's soft, but on another day you get it. And the the comment regarding after the tackle when Brennan's through, I I I do admit I I thought the same thing. He's he's one on one. He is he is through. Yeah, I understand that there's a there's a tackle that's been that's been committed up of the field, but I think you have to in that situation you have to look and probably play advantage because he is in that situation as a player of that of that caliber as well in that position uh, you have a real strong chance of of trying to get a shot on target so so yeah i understand i understand his points i think they're valid but i think that a few little ones could go either way uh and on another day if you get them you're not really moaning about the referee. So I think that there's a big there's, a, there's probably a bigger look on on the referee's performance of, as a whole, but I think that the little things that he got wrong were any day you can get you're going to get them or you're not going to get them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought I thought he had a bad game, but I thought he missed stuff that were were fouls by Forrest as well. I, I, I think people saying he was as bad as championship refs i don't personally think think he was and i don't i sympathize with steve cooper for the Gibbs white one but you're not mentioning that if you don't concede from it and Forrest had to do better there there were other ones i thought in general the ref wasn't great but i i didn't think it was as big a talking point as it was i i I sympathise with Cooper as well because he's put in front of the media straight after the game when emotions are running high and he might not say those words today. So I'm not reading too much into it. What did you make him on general terms before we come on to another point about him?
2: I've got a more hardened stance than you. First, First of all, you talk about high emotion with Steve Cooper. After a Premier League game, you have to do flash interviews for five different broadcast territories. You then speak to Radio Nottingham and then you do a conference for the assembled press. He's made the same point about the ref in all six of those interviews okay Which so, means he wanted to make it yeah he did mean it it was it was it was considered that turn from Gibbs white that first touch on the turn between two defenders was the defenders was the best touch of the game and he he got a, a barge for it and it was a clear foul a clear foul led to that led to their goal indirectly so i see why he's aggrieved about that one the advantage rule is just so easy to apply now particularly with the uh, the the backup of your mate with the CCTV down the road. You, you you can afford to take the extra time. So, in his debrief today, he'll he'll be getting admonished for for not letting that one flow. So I understand the point. I don't want to see my manager whinging about the ref because we know the consequences: fine and potentially time out of the dugout, which we can do without because. Um, we're still yeah we're all the better for having steve cooper around the boys on the dugout in the dugout on a on a match day so i, I don't want to see that however that was not a good referee in performance he missed a lot he made some questionable judgment calls there were some obvious fat um is he a leicester fan i don't think that matters um you'd have to ask his ask his mates who suggested he he probably is is a leicester fan should he be reffing forest probably not i think the general rule is you don't ref you don't ref your rivals i don't think biasness played a, a part in those decisions for us i think we lost you a bit at the end you're back now.
1: Don't worry. We'll come on to the bias thing. Yeah. I'll come back you you to it.
2: just, you just missed the conclusion of my rant, but no, it wasn't, it, it's not, it's not biased. There was, there was, there was a, there were a couple of incompetent decisions and that's why Steve Cooper was so peaked at, at full time. But, um, that we all saw that, like he doesn't need to prove anything to us. You often hear managers ranting about the ref when they're under pressure or they, or, or they felt hard done to. Every Forest fan saw that game for what it was we know where the where the the mistake was made from an officiating point of view. I'd rather our, our manager kept his powder dry so he can continue to sit in the dugout.
1: I should say that Sean Dyche in his press conference, this is what happens when the refs have poor games. Sean Dyche was angry as well about the ref. He felt Everton should have had a penalty when Coleman da- when Coleman went down and the challenge from Cole back. I didn't think so. What, what did you think there is at that instant? No, I think that. Once you
0: get the other side of him, Coleman knows what he's doing. He's waiting for contacts. He's waiting for the, that to get initiated. And sometimes you get that. And I you can understand the player of what, once he gets that other side, he's waiting. He slows down a little bit. He kind of stops in front and he's just waiting for that contact. And he's already, he, he clicked his own kind of build before there was even contact there. So yeah, listen, as a manager, knowing that you are going to, you, you are going to ask for that. You're going to claim for that. But in reality, you you know deep down that's not really a penalty.
1: Yeah, I thought he Coleman tapped Colback back on the heel and went down and made it look like it more than anything. Have you, without naming names for legal reasons, Lewis, have you been in games where you think this ref is biased against us? Does that happen to players rather than incompetence? You do think he's really in for you?
0: Yes, I think it's I think it's a, it's a it's a tough job for for referees, and I think if you look at yesterday, I think. The little, the decisions that that was made, I think they happen week in week out. the The problem is there was two major decisions what led to two goals. So I think that you highlight that and you kind of blow it up even more. But I think the rest of the game, the decisions that went against Forest at times that that they happen every week, and sometimes you get in, sometimes you don't, and you're going to be annoyed by it. But I think that the because two mistakes, which rightly so, led to two. Goals that Forest conceded, I think that is now been kind of put into that like, the whole performance is that he was literally terrible. Now th- I don't think he had a good game, but I think most weeks you really referees don't really have a good game. They miss stuff, and that I think that happens. That's just a common theme. But I think the big scrutiny comes is because two of the two of the decisions have have, have led to to force conceding goals. If Forrest don't concede goals from them, are you going to have the same reaction? You're not going to have the same reaction.
1: The other point to say about the ref. Now, Greg Mitchell's got a real bugbear about this. The fact he's he's from Leicester. He's not officially a Leicester fan, so I don't want to tar him with that brush. And I did Google, there's articles about who referees support, and it doesn't say for John Brooks, but referees have to declare who they support to the FA or the Premier League so they don't referee the teams they support or their rivals. So I would assume that John Brooks hasn't said he's a Leicester fan. He's from Leicestershire. I think he's from Melton. Is that, Temps, is it just bad PR from the FA or from the Premier League to put the ref in that position? Because, again, I don't think he was biased against Forrest.
2: Don't don't go down this biased. It's not not the biased thing. And I I know it's an easy thing to, to throw out there. Yeah, um, I don't think Greg his, said he was biased his, either. No, his, like his his career means far more to him than um, making a decision to to Forest detriment to to give his Leicester mates a, a a giggle. It's 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 not it's it's not that. The rule is there though. So declare your support. Stay away from their games. Stay away from their their rivals' games. That's that. He would have had to have declared someone. He's probably one of those kids that changed allegiance at 12-13 and jumped on. Man United, Liverpool or Chelsea, who, who knows? But um, yeah, stick, I, I like that rule. I think that's the, the right thing. If he says he supports somebody else, then, then so be it. Um, it's, it's incompetence in a particular moment. It's not bias.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we spent enough time talking about the ref, you know, he didn't have a good game, but I don't, you know, Forrest had their flaws as well in the game. If he was a five out of 10, there are a few players that were probably a five out of 10 as well. So that's the way it goes. Um, on the subs, uh, actually, let's talk about the P's. We were in the bench before we come onto the subs. Danilo and Scarpa didn't make the squad at all. Is that, Lewis, because... I mean, I don't know how much you've seen of them. Do you think... I, I I haven't seen comments from Cooper on this, but does he maybe feel the game's a bit fast, a bit frenetic and a bit physical, especially a game like that, to throw in two players who you've got question marks against whether they can match the pace?
0: Yeah, I... I think you have to look at the bigger picture on these i think maybe a different with scar because he's a bit more experienced but you got you have to look at what they're coming into we're coming into a a, a relegation fight in terms of that's that's the first and foremost is not in the forest is trying to uh stay in the league games we aren't really have loads of the ball we aren't dominating possession it's very scrappy two Brazilian players that are coming from a completely different other side of the world, different league, different way of playing. I think that you've got to look at the the kind of time to try to put them in and, and, and kind of blend them into the team. And I, th- I don't think right now is the right time. And that's just my, my honest opinion. Uh, I just, maybe next season, if they stay up, hopefully... Then you have a good pre-season with them that's another six months that they've been in the country another pre a big pre-season that they've bonded with the players they've understand a little bit more they've got comfortable with them themselves and i think then you can then start playing in august i think when the weather's a bit better that will also help them you know i i think all these little ingredients add up to having to do the right thing by the player as well. I think that you have to also understand and take that that's a human being and there's a lot of stuff, not just on the on the pitch, there's a lot of stuff off the pitch, moving the other side of the world and trying to hit the ground running. A lot of players struggle to do it when they move an hour, two hours down the road. So I think you've got to look at all the little things and I think the time, the timing is best for them. And I think that at this point in time, I don't feel like it's the best time to, to be putting them in I watched Danilo the, you know, the first half against Leeds. I thought he really struggled. Uh, I and mean, there was no surprise that 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 the substitution was made. I, I thought he really struggled to just get in the face. And and sometimes that can happen. And maybe Steve Cooper's pulled him out. And sometimes players need that. Maybe pull him out and, and have a look from the side. And maybe his next opportunity when he gets back in, uh, it'll be a lot better for that.
1: I think temps as well. Like it like says the human factor to it. Danilo coming to this new country, he did struggle against Leeds. I think he was probably the, the player who the game passed him by a bit against Man City. It's difficult, isn't it? Because even you know, Lotti took time to settle. It wasn't really till that Spurs game in the Carabao Cup and, that he got going. And he played in Europe a lot for Atletico Madrid. Felipe is a different case. People are saying he was excellent in the comments, and I, I think he was second half. I don't think he was first half as much. But he's a 33-year-old who's been in Europe for a long time, so. Is it more the surprise that maybe they just went on the bench as an option for the last ten minutes or something? Perhaps
2: uh, other players were always going to come on before them in any circumstance. Mangala, Yates, Lingard, Surridge, Dennis surprised me a little bit, but they 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 had all those options on the bench. So for for, the, for balance, we couldn't put any more. Midfield players, midfield players in there, we needed to cover other areas. But yeah, to Lewis's point, they have come from a different pace, a different way of life, a different style of football. Whereas we've also imported half of Atletico Madrid's defence from last year. And you'd expect them to be battle-hardened, ready for European football, um, European league, uh, and able to, to acclimatise straight away. I think after four or five games, we were looking at Lodi thinking... Not sure about this. Might be time to, to chuck Toffolo back in, but he, he's proved to be a true Premier League footballer. I think Felipe was really good uh, yesterday, um, notwithstanding a, a couple of key headers that he, that he lost, including the one that led to the goal. Um, bought a lot in possession, bought a bit more in possession, bought a physicality. Um, I think he's a good foil for, for Joe because it means Joe isn't always the distributor and therefore isn't always closed down by by the attacker. I thought he he allowed him a bit more space, time and freedom on the ball as, as well. I see a nice little partnership developing there. Would I trust Danilo and Scarpa at this point in time? They're not going to start, are they? They might get some some minutes from the bench, but I think there are other players ahead of them in the pecking order at this moment in time I saw flashes from Danilo in terms of physicality and what he what he can do on the ball to suggest that he's going to become a good player but the frequency with which he gave it away against Leeds suggested he needed a, a period out the side for some re-education so yeah I see the logic in in what Cooper did there he's doing it for a reason he doesn't bear grudges and when the time's right they'll be back in the fold
1: yeah, I think Danilo's probably one you look towards more next season at Touchwood, during in the, the Premier League. But I think they've both got big roles to play in the future. Um, uh, the next point now, I should actually say uh, Nick always does this better than I do. If you are enjoying this, hit the like button and subscribe because uh, it all helps. I should do that in the middle of the stream, not the end. Um, the last point I talked about the game Chris Wood was a kind of a debating point whether he should start before the game. Um, I thought he did all right. I mean, he had a hand in the goal. He had that header that was deflected over, and he won his battles. I suppose the question is, are Forest a better collective unit with him coming off the bench? What's your take on it, Lewis? with Wood? I think he's.
0: Listen, he's had a great career. He hasn't had the career that he's had if he if he doesn't offer something. I think that he's he's, he's quite different to what was what was before. But I think that Forest need a face. They need a target. They 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 need someone to lead the line, and I think that Chris Wood is a is a, is a good option for that. He his his help and his build up in the goal in the first goal that is that is part of his plan. I think that he will lead the line, do his job, do all the ugly side of it, which allow gives White to get in the pockets. It's allowed Brennan to 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 still affect games. So I think that he's he's not going to be this kind of striker that's going to be flicks and and returning people, he's, he's he's a bit of an old-school striker. And I think at this point in time, with these games coming up and with the with what's on the line, I think it's exactly what they need.
1: I suppose it's more the impact, or as much the impact from Gibbs White, isn't it, Tams? I thought Gibbs White, he started from the left and then he drifted in more as the first half went on. And by the end of the game, when IU came on, he was playing quite a lot more central. I mean, do you think, Morris might, might need to sacrifice Woods to get more out of Gibbs White, but then Brennan's doing really well with Wood and the team. Is it more that Gibbs White has to just do better himself? I don't know. Where do you stand? I,
2: I don't think Wood will get five more games um, if his if his production is at this this kind of level. Um, fans' view on on BBC Sport yesterday was was to rank him eleventh of the eleven starters in the in the uh, in the out of tens. I don't think he was involved enough. I'm learning a bit more about what he is now. He's a he's a minimalist player, isn't he? He looks to take very few touches. Um, his touch is better than I perhaps imagined. The weight of the pass for the return ball to, to Gibbs White being an example of that. He's getting fitter, winning more headers than he did when he was, you know, fresh off, fresh off the plane and and trying to get up to to match speed. But he can't be to the detriment of of Morgan Gibbs-White if if him being an out and out number 9 means Gibbs-White has to um start on the left and and get as you know as little possession as he had in the in the first half then then that is to the detriment so i, I still i still don't think we've seen the best of him i still think he's got it within him to have an upturn in his involvement in the game and make himself indispensable, but while ever he, ha- he he puts in that type of performance there's going to be at least a debate about him keeping his place. I felt I feel increasingly for Sam Surridge who's one of those that's done like so little wrong for us and we've we've perhaps as a as a club jumped on the bits that he can't do rather than embracing the bits that he that he can. Chris Wood, since he's walked through the door, has got us hanging off the bits that he can do, and we're we're a bit more forgiving of his of his weaknesses. And to repay that faith, he, we need to find a way to involve him more in these games. Look, I know he's going to score a few goals between now and the end of the season. It feels almost inevitable. And as as Fletcher said um, last week, maybe there'll be more fox in the box, wit for the goalpost, awareness. Um, positional tap-ins rather than expecting him to to head in deep crosses because we're, we're never going to do that. I can see now that we're, we're not going to try and accommodate him in a Burnley sense by by lumping it. We're still going to try and build through the phases and get the ball to Brennan and, and, and Morgan before it goes into the box. But we need to find a way to get more of a tune out of him because he's not been as effective at this moment in time as we would have hoped when we signed him. Not bagging him as Lewis said, very few people with a, a record of scoring that volume of goals over that period of time. But in forest colors, we haven't seen the best of him yet, and it needs to come sooner rather than later.
1: One other thing to defend him, um, I mean, my, my big frustration yesterday was around there were plenty of openings where forest lacked quality on the ball, that final crucial moment, and a couple of in particular, like. Saying we need to get crosses in the box for wood. That like Aurier had it out wide, right? Really in good positions twice, and he hits the goalkeeper both times. And if you're wood, you must think, Ah, oh, you know, if you, if that's in the right place, I could have got on the end of that. And there were a lot of other times where I think Felipe won it a couple of times and they didn't make the most of the breaks, and that was a, probably a, a frustration for me. Um, just looking at Spurs before we go quickly, maybe uh, I'll ask you about Ayo. Actually, I mean, in general, Lewis. Can Forest get anything there? Because they've been absolutely god-awful on the road. What's, what's the attitude got to be of the, of the group going into that game? It's only a kick. Oh, a jump. A block.
0: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, it's a great time to play them that's for sure i think that they they've got a lot of they've got a lot bigger problems to deal with i think that if you're asking to go to a place where i think i think you've got to take into the to the idea of tottenham at this point in time they're struggling there's a bit of a there's a bit of a kind of breakdown between the kind of manager fans owner fans to go into a to go into a stadium where there's that little bit is perfect opportunity because you know that it's the tension's there, you know that any slight of negativity, the fans are gonna turn very early. And I think sometimes you can use that to your advantage. So I think as a time to go and get something there, why not? Why not? And I think them little maybe a point and it's all these little things. I know everyone wants to win and get three points. And I know that's the that's the bigger picture, but it's like the the, the Man City point, yesterday point. The bigger picture at the end, they're, they're they're massive points. It just keeps it just keeps it moving, and it keeps that little gap of the of the teams though. Because I've you you'd be in the change rooms and the likes of Southampton, Everton, Leeds, they'll be looking Bournemouth, and it's you coming after the change rooms and. Forrester got another point. It's another point. Like where you where you think the man city, you think, nah, that's definite right. We could try and close something back. It's a point, oh, it's like what we've lost, they've got another point. It's the, the gap just gets a little bit bigger. And mentally, it, it it has a big it has a bit of big effect. And I think you look you go to Tottenham, why not try and get something? And it's another big team, big scalp, that you're not expected to get anything, and you've maybe Maybe with the results go your way, you've 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 made the gap a little bit bigger.
1: I think if we're if we're realistic, Thames, it wouldn't be a surprise in the slightest if Forrest lost the game, and it probably wouldn't be a surprise if they lost it quite heavily. But like Lewis says, that crowd—they're a bit touchy. I know it's a few few Spurs fans were running out of patience. And it comes back to how you start the game, because they went to the London Stadium and they really got, helped get the West Ham crowd up by starting that game horrifically. But if Forrest can go there and have a good first 10 minutes, first 20 minutes, first 30 minutes, there's still an, an opportunity at least, isn't there, to try and get something from this game. A point would be massive, as Lewis says.
2: The Spurs are in a terrible run of form, but in the middle of that terrible run of form, they, they beat Man City. And any team with Harry Kane in it is going to be dangerous, obviously. But we've knocked them out of the cup. They've been knocked out of the FA Cup by Sheffield United. I think most importantly, they find themselves 1-0 down in the European tie against AC Milan. And the the second leg is on Wednesday. So while we're preparing for this game and getting our best eleven fit, there's going to have to be some element of change between the side they put out on Wednesday night and Saturday afternoon. I would imagine tough game. But how do we get how do we get this point tied together? We have to find a surprise result on the road. I'm confident in our home form. We've showed how difficult we are to beat. We're finding ways to score goals. The opposite applies on the uh, on on the road. It's gonna be a gonna be a tough game. But it's team fragile on confidence. Hopefully we can find a way to 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 have a go. And yeah, maybe, maybe this time it's us getting the early penalty. Who knows? I don't expect to get anything from this game. I've got us on a I've got us on a route to safety that doesn't rely on us um taking points from Tottenham on Saturday. Um but wouldn't it be great if we did?
1: I think there's a few similarities between Spurs and Forrest, but Spurs have got better players. Like I think both teams are kind of like say, okay, Kane, Richarlison, Kulusevski, Son, whichever three of the four are playing, you go and win the game for us. And Forrest are a bit like, okay, Brennan, okay, Morgan, you go and win the game for us. So there's a few similarities there, but I do feel like there's something maybe for Forrest. And I think IU might start the game because Cooper just seems to like him and he can drift out to the left instead of Wood. We'll probably do a full preview later in the week. So we'll, we'll come on to that. Just wanted to finish talking about the relegation battle in general. There's a lot of, I mean, I'm still really optimistic for a couple of reasons. Obviously, Forrest has got more points than the teams below them, but, but also they've got injured players to come back. I know, Obviously, Yates is back. Cooper said afterwards, near and Kiate aren't far away. And there's a few others. So I'm still hopeful. I think a lot of fans are saying to me, like on Twitter after the game, I don't see where the wins are coming from. I don't see how we get any more points. But I was looking at the other run, teams for the run-in and Leeds have got a terrible run. Southampton have got an awful run. Bournemouth have got an awful run. And Lewis, I guess the wider point is, none of these teams below Palace, or below Villa, including Palace, no one's playing really well. Every fan's probably thinking we're right in the mire here. So I don't, I understand Forest fans' doom and gloom and it's perfectly reasonable, but there's a lot of teams in this boat, aren't there? It's not, it's nothing to give up on Yeah, for for sure. I don't think if you, you have to be in this position, I think, I think
0: the, the, the big picture what people kind of forget is that the teams, team below, they can't win a game. They, they, they so it's, I know that's staying up, but the biggest thing is all you've got to do is finish above them three places. Like, it's, there's no big prizes of finishing, you know what I mean, five, you've just got to finish above them three places. And for me, there are three worst teams in this, this league The Nottingham Forest. And that's, and that's the bottom line. So, yes, are we playing really well? Are we pulling out results? Probably not. But we're doing more than a lot of teams below us. And that's the bigger picture. You need to stay up, and there's no kind of how good it looks. The bottom line is at the end of that season, have you stayed in the Premier League? And that's all and that's all what you care about.
1: Yeah, I mean, Temps, it is fair to say Forest, they're not playing well at the moment, particularly, are they? But they got a point against Man City, they got a point yesterday. I think the question is I'll just read out a couple of things. Southampton's running the uh, next few games Man United, Brentford, Tottenham, West Ham away, Man City at home. That's tough, and then. Uh, Bournemouth, Liverpool at home, Villa away, Brentford home, Fulham home. That's pretty tough. And then I could do it for the other teams. I mean, the point is, there's not a lot of teams playing well at the moment. This is what happens. You're in a you're in a relegation battle because you're not playing well. And you're not winning
2: games. That's the point, isn't it? Simon's made a good point in the comments. The problem is, we've all got to play lots of Premier League teams. <laughs> that's the that's that's the that's the supermarket we're shopping in now, right? And there's there's no easy game. No, no quarter given, but it's just it's relative. Like like Lewis said, what what we do doesn't matter. If Everton do worse than than we do, points on the board is the position that everybody wants to be in. If we had of won, we'd be sitting in 12th position, and all would be rosy in the garden. We're gonna lose games. We're gonna win games. We're gonna draw games before now. At the end of the season, we've got a four point head start on Everton. Let's call it, let's call it three because we still have well, the second worst goal difference in the in, in the Premier League now. I think we'll be OK. Other teams would rather be in our position, particularly Everton, Southampton and Bournemouth. There is no easy game. But when we were doing our calendars, we didn't bank on beating Liverpool. We didn't bank on getting a point against Man City. It's in the Cup, but we, we probably wrote that game off and didn't see ourselves getting past uh, at Tottenham. Um, There's every reason to get behind Forrest. The bookies, with every data point in the world, have us surviving. We're not going to climb the table to any great extent. We don't care. 17th best is good enough. We're trying to avoid relegation rather than win the title. There are worse teams in the Premier League than us. We're still staying up.
1: And because there's so many teams at the bottom, Lewis, do you think, I don't think forty. I don't think you're going to need forty points. I don't think you're going to need touch wood more than thirty-five. Maybe I mean, it doesn't feel like a forty-point season, does it? Yeah, I think that I've, I can
0: remember the last time I was on Mikey made a had a little stat regarding of what it, I think this forty-point is. It's a it's that big. It's been saying for so long, but in actual reality, there's actually not they actually don't need 40 points uh, i think there's a there's a stat that's gone back that a lot of teams have stayed up on 36 on 37 etc like that I, 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 but I, but i look at it in the terms of if you look at all the teams down there granted struggling and struggling to score goals and struggling to win games i think the the, the biggest point from nottingham forest point of view is the home form is fantastic. The home form is is really strong. You fancy Nottingham Forest, isn't like yesterday, to get something always at home. You can't say that for the teams below. And yes, and I know away form struggling to pick up points away from home, like the rest of it's fine. But I don't feel the teams below us have got the home form and confidence going into them games as, as we have. Uh and I think if it comes down to it and hopefully at the end of the season, if we stay up. It will be down to a, it will be
1: down to our home form, and it's simple as that. Mm. And just lastly, temps before we go. I mean, to be where Forest are with the injuries as well, I still think they're overperforming. I mean, I love Jack Colback, but he's probably not starting games if Tech Koyate isn't injured, and we wouldn't be having this Chris Wood debate if Tyro Onehe hadn't got injured and re- maintained that form. And they're both pretty close to coming back. And touch wood, Ryan Yates is able to play 90 minutes again very soon. He might well be on the bench against Spurs. I don't, the medical people decide all that. But I th- I mean, Everton have got Calvert Lewin and Leeds have maybe got Rodrigo. I don't know. But Forrest have got a lot of talent to come back into this team. There's an international break coming up to get them another week on the training pitch. I, I am, I do think it's going to be really, you know, it might go to the wire, but I, I'm still confident Forrest will stay up. What, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I've, I've said it. Forrest Forrest will stay up. I, I genuinely believe that because there's there's worse teams there, and look, these these setbacks happen. Don't feel that we're uh, we've got a particularly long injury list or, or our, our challenges are any different to anybody else's. Yes, if Tyro was was unfit, we wouldn't have signed. Would Willie Bolly may have won that second ball or even the first ball at, at the weekend? Yates, he would have started these games in, in place of Colback, of, of, of course, he would. Um, we wouldn't have signed Navas if Hendo wasn't injured. You have to react. There's always going to be setbacks and in no other walk of life when you're trying to achieve something. Are there 19 other organisations trying to undermine and destroy everything that you you put in place? That's that's football. Don't feel hard done to. Enjoy the position we find ourselves in. Get behind the boys in what we've got left. 13 games left in this Premier League season. We're in a far better position than we thought we would be um, five games into that season. We're light years away from where we found ourselves 18 months ago. I'm still extremely confident that the right people are making the best decisions they can in challenging circumstances. And we're going to get through this period better than three of Bournemouth, Southampton, Everton, Leeds, West Ham or Leicester. Excellent.
1: Right. We're very near the hour mark. Uh, Any other business, any last words, anything you want to add, Thames? Anything you want to plug? Uh,
2: I'm not plugging anything, mate, but... not. And now you've learned how to edit and chuck in these little Cooper clips. Every time Lewis is on, you've got to get that free kick shot. I'll never get bored of seeing that. I think it's gonna be one of those YouTube videos It you just gets hundred thousand a year from Forest fans remembering that that rocket. Um so yeah, I had had to mention that. But no, look, I'll just I'll just reiterate what I just said there. Just be confident, enjoy what enjoy what we're doing, get behind the boys and um yeah, ignore ignore the doubters. Um, fade out the negativity and just do the, the little bit we can order as individuals to support the team on match days.
1: Lewis, any words? Forest, non-forest, football, non-football, anything you want to add? No, nothing there. Good. Right. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I don't normally plug anything. I saw two good films recently, if people are looking for a film recommendation. Cocaine Bear does what it says on the tin. Bear takes Christ, the what cocaine. have we become? What have we become? <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I had something, some, normally Greg plugs something ridiculous or Mikey, so cocaine bear yeah, does what it says bear takes a lot of cocaine, gets very angry and fall on Netflix I watched last night, um, about two people get stuck at the top of a very tall tower and it sounds doesn't sound good at all But it's uh, very, very tense if you're looking for a film to watch this evening. Right, I think I've filled the terrible plug and uh, irreverent quota of Mikey and Greg there at the end. Thanks very much to everyone who's commented along. Mostly positive, some negative. That's all fine. Someone said, should a vicar be watching cocaine bear? I'll tell this what that means after. Uh, Temps, you didn't do yourself any favours as a LinkedIn page calling Chris Wood a minimalist footballer that's the proper,
2: yeah i know look i deserve all the hammer i get there was a mention in the comments actually uh, matt pickles who just shouted at me oi gary baldy red as I, was, <laughs> as I was cycling through lady bay with my little boy at the weekend and he was he was out jogging so yeah i love love all of that um, i got that
1: once from two pissed up blokes on trent bridge not calling <laughs> me by my name just calling me gary baldy red but i think they liked so... the podcast so that's all right right we'll leave it there uh, thanks so much everyone like and subscribe etc cetera, etc cetera. lewis thank you very much not a problem, Anytime. And Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, fellas, see you soon. Yeah, we'll hopefully be back on Thursday with a proper preview of the Spurs game and we shall see you soon.